If you're listening to this podcast, I sure hope that you've read The Name of the Wind and The Wise Man's Fear by Patrick Rothfuss, because if not, you're gonna be spoiled. And please don't say I didn't warn you. Let's get to it. Welcome back to Entirely the Right Sort of Podcast, the podcast where we ask, what's in the box? I'm talking, of course, about the Lackless box. Yes, we are discussing Ms. Malowin Lackless, later Mrs. Malowin Alvaron Lackless, on today's podcast. My name is RJ, which stands for Rhetorical Justification, if you didn't know. And uh, hope y'all are doing well. I will admit it's been a bit of a tough week for me getting the old brain to do what I want it to do and not uh, spiral off into disastrous thoughts. But hey, we're making it. So hope y'all are doing well too. As you know, I start each podcast with seven things we know or maybe don't know about the characters I'm talking about, which is wonderfully appropriate for Maluin because... Well, seven things has Lady Lackless. I did not make all these rhyme. Sorry. Number one, Meluan has a deep hatred of the Edema Rue because her sister Natalia ran off with a troop of traveling performers. Maybe it was my troop. Number two, this leaves Meluan the only heir to the Lackless lands after Natalia left. Number three, Meluan was the one woman the only woman from a well-positioned family and able to produce an heir that was not under King Roderick's control as Mayor Alvaron tells Quoth when he's talking about why he wants to marry her. Number four, after Wise Man's Fear, Malowin is possibly sixth behind King Roderick Calanthus in the line of succession after her husband, or if, if the marriage somehow doesn't count, she would be ninth after Aculeus Lackless, who we presume is her dad. Number five, she is in possession of the Lackless box, which she says has been in the family for about 3,000 years. Number six, when Quoth meets her, he says her features are maddening, maddeningly familiar, but notes he couldn't have seen her at the University or Imre because Sim would have told him about her. Hmm. Wonder why she looks familiar, Quoth. Number seven, and I guess this is a bit of a stretch since I already touched on this, but Malowin is very possibly the Lady Lackless that we hear about in songs and children's chants. Now, I'll admit, I don't find Malowin herself all that compelling. Perhaps it is the blatant racism against Quoth's people. Though her family history and the secret of the lackless box and the lackless door are quite compelling. Now, Mayor Alvaron, thankfully, is quite taken with her, which is a good thing because she seems to be the only woman around who can produce him an heir and who does not swear fealty to King Calanthus. With Quoth's help, help, Malowin becomes enchanted with the mayor back, and they appear to be a very happy and in-love couple from what we see and hear. In my very first podcast, which was on Quoth's mom, Lorian, I discussed the Lackless family a bit. There is a barrel full of evidence that Lorian is the Lackless sister who ran away and joined the troop. Maluin's hatred of the Edema Rue in particular is another clue to this theory. Quoth mentions that Maluin looks maddeningly familiar when he meets her, causing him to stare at her for longer than is appropriate. 
I also touched on the fact in that podcast that that missing lackless sister could be Denna because both Denna and Meloin are described as having red lips without the assistance of any paint slash lipstick. Did they really? I guess they really did paint their lips. I've seen Mulan. Anyway, Denna and Meloin have a similar hair color and they both are connected somehow to Yillish knots. However, I am very fairly certain it is Lorien. I also discussed some of the lackless land geography in my pod on Lorien, and I won't revisit it here, but there are some key points of the family I have not yet talked about. Versions of the current lackless name, which Codicus says is less than 600 years old, include the original name Loklos, as well as Loklos and Lolos, all which translate to Lockless. Don't know if I really pronounced those right. My apologies uh, to Miss Malowin. Other variations include Lack Key and Lackleth and Cape Saiyan, which is somehow lumped in there with all the L names. The family is also called the Luckless by their detractors, given the family history of misfortune. I think that Chronicler could be descended from one of these branches of the family, given that he says his last name is Lockies, which sounds similar to Lackkey or even Lockkeys, which would be pretty on the nose, but very significant if Chronicler turns out to play a role in the Lackless story. Perhaps he is the son that brings the blood. We hear two rhymes about the Lackless family that I'm going to read one after the other. So here's the first that Quoth's mom hears him reading, or reciting, rather, around the campfire. Seven things has Lady Lackless, keeps them underneath her black dress. One a ring that's not for wearing, one a sharp word not for swearing. Right beside her husband's candle, there's a door without a handle. In a box, no lid or locks, Lackless keeps her husband's rocks. There's a secret she's been keeping. She's been dreaming and not sleeping. On a road that's not for traveling, Lackless likes her riddle raveling. And the second song we hear from a young boy who's in a traveling troupe in Wise Man's Fear. Seven things stand before the entrance to the Lackless door. One of them a ring unworn. One a word that is forsworn. One a time that must be right. One a candle without light, one a sun who brings the blood, one a door that holds the flood, one a thing tight held in keeping, then comes that which comes with sleeping. The first thing I think about when I hear the beginning of the first rhyme is that song that starts, black dress with the tights underneath. And the second thing is to wonder if we hear, uh, if we see rather Meloin in black during the Chronicle. We don't. I think the only colors we see mentioned on her are that she's wearing gray and lavender when she meets with Quoth and Mayor Alvaron to discuss that box. So there's no indication really that black is the family's color unless you want to take the fact that Quoth wears green and black when he meets her as some sort of hint. Maybe um, he was supposed to kind of offset the family color somehow with that outfit. I don't know. If traditions in this world are anything like traditions in Temerant, you typically wear black when you are in a period of mourning, perhaps 
mourning a death or mourning the fact that one of your beloved daughters left a noble life to go travel the roads and play music with a bunch of thieves, heretics, and whores. That and black dress is one of the few things I think might rhyme with lackless that would fit into this rhyme other than keeps them underneath her mattress. Now, even though I said Malawan could possibly be uh, the Lady Lackless we hear about in the first rhyme, I'm already going to walk back on myself because I was, as I'm sitting here thinking about it, a husband is mentioned in this rhyme. So quite possibly this is about her mom or some other female ancestor because I don't think Malawan was married before she got hitched to Mayor Alvaron. And we hear this rhyme more than five years before Quoth actually meets her. And he hears it from another, you know, another kid around the town where his troop was. So quite possibly this song is old as the family is quite old. It's interesting um, or perhaps significant that both of the rhymes we hear about the family are told to us by children, as is the first song we hear about the Chandrian. We know in this um, series that songs and stories have a lot of meaning and so do children's songs and children's tales there are often things hidden away in them think of uh in a in the real world ring around the rosy which i believe is about the black plague i'm thinking also of my favorite video game series which is called golden sun it was a jrpg released by nintendo and camelot i believe the first one in 2001 um and in the second one there is a children's song that tells you how to get to a secret ancient underwater city so that's pretty cool kids know a lot of things wiser people than me have analyzed these songs poems chants whatever you want to call them they're so rich with clues and foreshadowing. If you haven't perused the Tor.com reread, I highly recommend it. There is at least one whole section on the Lackless family where Joe Walton provides some of her own info and pulls a lot of reader comments into the discussion. Folks on Reddit have also given us plenty of theories, and I found a few Tumblr posts as well. I'm not going to spend a huge amount of time on the rhymes because honestly thinking too hard about them makes my head hurt, in part because I think some of the lines can refer to more than one thing. I do want to point out a bit of symmetry in both songs. In each, so the the rhyme that Quoth says um, when he's a kid has 12 lines and the, and the poem we hear from the kid in Wise Man's Fear has 10. In each, the third line mentions a ring, the fourth mentions a word, and the tenth mentions sleeping. Both also contain mentions of a candle and, of course, a door. During my research, I stumbled upon a little speculation from a clever reader that the last two lines of the Lady Lackless poem that Kid Quoth says were a recent addition, and those lines again are, On a road that's not for traveling, Lackless likes her riddle raveling. If this is true, it means the original poem had ten lines, like the Lackless door poem does. And since we know ravel is a derogatory term for the Edimaru, this tracks with the last lines of the poem being a recent addition, when Natalia ran away to join a troupe of traveling performers. So and now we turn to the juicy parts. I'm rubbing my little hands together. What about the two lackless secrets? The door and the box. 
We don't know much about the lackless door. Cauticus mentioned it in Wise Man's Fear while he is giving Quoth some history about the family. He mentions an heirloom the family has and then goes right into talking about the door, which I guess we can assume thinks he means the door itself is an heirloom. He says it's in the oldest part of the Lackless's ancestral estate, a secret door without handle or hinges. No one knows how to open it or what is on the other side. I wonder if this door, the Lackless door, could be connected to the Feyen realm in some way and or connected to the four-plate door in the archives. I think it's certainly a candidate to be the so-called doors of stone that Eax is locked behind, as Florian tells Quoth. Scarpy says that the great enemy of the creation war was also set beyond the doors of stone after the Black of Drossen Tor. We know that gray stones are connected to the Fae and could be described as doors into that realm. Right after Quoth's parents are killed, he dreams of a doorway made of three gray stones with two rings of standing stones around it. I'm not sure if gray stones are meant to be connected to the lackless door or standing on their own as sort of portals into Fae. I like to think of the lackless door and the four plate door as somehow connected and, um, I'm not sure if Eax is back there or if it's some other secret. Perhaps those themselves are doors into Fae and Quoth got one open and that's where the Skrail are coming from. I don't, I, I don't really know on this one. Now the box we know a little bit more about because Quoth handles it and he describes it to us. It is itself contained inside two chests. The first one Malowin unlocks with a sliding mechanism and the other she unlocks with some kind of circular key. She calls it the low close box itself using the ancient name or rather 600 years ago, not quite ancient. The box is about the size of a thick book and it's heavy for its size. Foth says the wood is dark enough to be roa wood, but it has a red grain, so he thinks maybe it is spice wood or roa that has been mixed with some kind of metal. Foth thinks the wood smells familiar, almost like lemons. There is a subtle pattern carved into the wood, which Foth speculates is a yellish story knot. Malowin um, gives him permission to take her hands and, and trace the, the knots, the patterns. She didn't notice this before Quoth pointed it out, and Mayor Alvaron cannot feel it at all. Now, with this box, even though there are no hinges or seams, Quoth knows it's a box. He says it wanted to be opened. He can also feel something shifting around inside when he moves it and can hear something thumping. He originally thinks the object inside is metal, but later settles on something of glass or stone. Now, before we dive into this tasty little mystery a bit more, let's take a step back and discuss what the box is made of. I think the best connection we have here is either to Roa wood or to the Cathay or both. When the wind stirs in the leaves of Cathay's tree, Quoth smells, quote, smoke and spice and leather and lemon. Perhaps somehow the lackless box is made of the same wood as Cathay's tree, which is, I believe, the Rinna tree. But we also know Quoth's thrice-locked chest, which I believe is made of Roa, has, quote, an almost imperceptible aroma of citrus and quenching iron. The mounting board Folly is set on is also made of Roa wood, which is described as heavy, 
dark and smooth as polished glass. All this to say again, I think the lackless box is definitely connected to the Cathay, to the Roa tree, or both. If it's Roa wood mixed with metal, Kvoth suggests that the metal is iron or copper, both metals which he uses as locks on this thrice-locked chest. And both are metals we know to have power. Copper has power over namers and iron over the Fae. Perhaps in day three, Kvoth will figure out how to open the lackless box, or at least learn enough about it to model his own lockless box after it. Now back to the box. This and the door are quite puzzling mysteries, and there are a bevy of theories on what's inside. It's clearly something tangible, which may rule out my original theory, and I think many other people's theories, that it's a name perhaps the name of the moon, even though we hear from Hespa's story that the box Jax used to capture the name of the moon was made of iron. The story might have changed, or maybe it's not that box. On a similar note, perhaps inside is the flute that Jax used to call the moon to him. The box is said to be at least 3,000 years old, though the creation war is likely even before that 3,000-year date. I think it's possible the box is older than Kvoth, Meloin, and Alvaron surmise. If the box dates to the time of the creation war or thereabouts, perhaps the box contains the piece of jagged stone Selitos used to put his eye out after um, he, or maybe right before he curses Lanray and, and turns him truly into Haliax. Or maybe it's a key of some kind, even though the stone door in the lackless lands is supposed to be lockless, as is the four-plate door in the archives. Perhaps it really is, quote, her husband's rocks in there, and the women of the lackless family are supposed to hold all the power, if you know what I mean. Maybe, who knows, maybe they use the term rock like we do in today's society, and it's really just some nice big diamonds that have been tucked away in case the family runs out of money and they have to sell them. Maybe it's bees. Maybe, uh, maybe, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> lockless theories are exhausting, gentle listeners. Now, I'm sure I've just, just touched the surface here. It was a bit overwhelming to do this one because there are so many details, and I just kind of wanted to skim the surface for everybody and not really rabbit hole down on in there because every time I sit down and think about what's in the box or what's behind the door, I think I come up with a different answer. So if I missed your favorite theory or maybe went too fast and you want to send me an email or tweet me, please go ahead and do it and I'll read it out sometime. Unfortunately, after the scene with the box, Quoth tells Alvaron about the fake troopers that he's killed and um, pretty hot-headedly reveals himself as Rue to Meloin and Alvaron and kind of puts his elbow in the butter, so to speak, um, with Alvaron when he makes a pretty harsh comment about Alvaron's wife. So even though they were supposed to meet up and talk the Amir the next day, Meloin asks Foth politely to GTFO, not quite politely, gives him that wooden ring with her name carved into it, which is a pretty horrible insult, as Brayden says, and Alvaron um, agrees with his loving lady wife, also telling Foth to get out, but, you know, here's some money, here's a thank you, 
draw on my coffers. You can play anywhere in my lands. Yeah, right. Like both would do that with Malowin, the racist running around. Tough look for our girl. Um, so I'm not quite sure if I think they're going to meet again. I think it's possible. I know, uh, well, rather, we all know from something Pat said that Quoth will visit Rhaenyra in day three. So m- maybe he'll make it back down to Severin and run into Mayor Alvaron and his possibly auntie Maylilin again. A little bit of housekeeping my dear readers. Um, I have a new follower, according to my stats on Anchor, from Germany. So, hallo, herzlich willkommen, vielen Dank. Next week's podcast, uh, in a stunning bit of pre-planning for me, is already recorded, and I have three special guests from the excellent Page of the Wind podcast here with me to talk about Davy or Devi, or Davi, however you say her name. We're talking about that strawberry blonde, pixie-faced Galet who lives in Imre above that stanky butcher shop. That's going to be a great time. Look for that next Sunday. Thank you all for your patience with me. I know I say I'm doing these on Sundays, but I just couldn't get my head around anything last night or part of the previous week. So hopefully a Memorial Day night podcast, which is when this is going to drop, Memorial Day 2020. Woohoo! Just in case you're listening in the future. Thank you for your patience. I'm, I'm doing the best I can, and I want these podcasts to be good for you. Also, if you want to drop me a line, send me a question, comment, complaint, um, you can send me an email, etrsop at gmail.com. Find me on Twitter at etrsop or um, like me on Facebook, where I will try really hard to be more active and post more cool theories. You know, I wish I had um, drawing skills, but I really don't. I, I would love to make some art for someone, but it wouldn't look great. Um, so on my Facebook, all that to say, you're just going to find some links, me chit-chatting, and hopefully some good places for some good discussion. So thank you for listening. I'm going to pack up the caravan and head on down to the road. Until we meet again, may all your stories be glad ones and your roads be smooth and short.